Welcome to a bonus episode of Press Play and Run, the podcast for runners that would be brilliant at running if you just didn't need to run quite as often. What we do love to do is talk about running, so you're in the right place, and I'm delighted today to be bringing you a bonus episode with Leanne Brown from the Brooks Run Happy team. Before we get into that, I'm going to bring you up to speed as I always do with my own training for the Edinburgh Marathon. I'm in week 514 it feels like, but managed my 18.5 mile run at the weekend long run. So I'm marking my training weeks by the long run now. They live rent free in my head, but each one that passes brings me one closer to that taper. The end is starting to come into sight and it's welcome. I had a brilliant run in the Clyde Path at the weekend. That was my first really long solo run and I felt that was quite important just to get over the hump of knowing that on race day you might end up running for yourself for periods of time and to just sort of tune into my own rhythm. I really, really enjoyed it. I had a bit, for anybody that follows me on Instagram, I had a bit of a water incident. Um, I was running with a soft flask in my hydration vest and I was about, I don't even know, not, not even, maybe five miles in and started to feel a bit of water splashing all over the place. Looked down, I was leaking. Thought I was lactating during my run. Had to bin my water and do the rest without it. So when I got back to Newton where I was parked, emptied the shop of all fluids, but made it in one piece, overcame a bit of adversity and see if anything. Actually, that just brought a wee bit more confidence to the fact that I'm in good shape. I can deal with things if they go wrong, which they may well do in the day. So we're in a good place. I've been so inspired this week on Instagram looking at all the finishers from Manchester it just looked like such a good day. It looked like a tough run as well. And to those who finished in Boston, uh, what a race that was. So we had a couple of people from Newton Roadrunners from my club running in Boston and they absolutely smashed a run. So congratulations, Callum and Beth. Beth achieved a, a championship time, qualifying a pace for London next time round. And Callum ran a sub three, a 240 something, the speed of the devil. I think actually he was the only person in Boston delighted to see the rain after a Scottish winter training block. Whilst some of the, the pros couldn't quite take it in their stride, Callum bossed it. It's just, it's so cool to see these people that you run with on a regular basis. Having had those chats with them, knowing that they've come from a place from beginning running through to what they're achieving now, it's, it's super inspiring. So congratulations to everybody. Uh, that that ran Manchester, doesn't matter if you were jogging it, running it socially like half the crew I happened to be following or if you were out there trying to achieve PBs, whether you got it or not, you finished a marathon. It's such a huge accomplishment. Proud of you and delighted for you. Speaking of being inspired, I've got another couple of hooligans here demanding airtime because of their inspirational running at the weekend. So I am a wee bit scared and a wee bit delighted to be reintroducing Brody and Joshua, my two boys, onto the podcast to talk about their run at the weekend. So another junior park run down. And I wasn't at that. I was actually doing my long run on the Clyde Path at the time. But I'm going to bring Brody in first. So Brody, talk me through. How was your run at the weekend? I just really wanted to PB because my dad wasn't there. So I just wanted to do it just for him. So I went as fast as I could. And my sprint at the end was amazing. And tell me about your actual time. How many seconds did you take off your PB? So junior part runs a 2K for anybody who doesn't know the format. But 2K, then the rest works the exact same as normal part run. So how many seconds did you take off your PB? Nine seconds. Nine whole seconds. Tell me about the boy that was running beside you and how that helped. Oh, uh, yeah, every time I was running at my normal pace and every time I just peeked over him, he started sprinting away from me. And then at the end, I just overtook everyone. 
So, as you can see, my parenting style is not to make the boys enjoy their running, it's to beat whoever's beside them. So you can imagine my pride, but I've got one more thing, Brody, to ask you about. Who took you? My mum. Your mum? Uh-huh. Now, what did you say the last time you were on the podcast? Uh, she doesn't really give me support, which was true. The only reason I PB'd, which was for you. You PB'd for me, so yeah. did mum not give you support this time either? No, all she did was go, Brody. No, but she said she was really cheering you on and inspiring you. No, she wasn't. Are you sure? Yeah. I don't know. She She's claiming that she should be taking some credit for your PB. No. But how well is mum running just now? Okay. No, come on. She's doing great. You've got to give her a bit of credit. <laughs> You've got to give her some credit. Come on. Okay, then, good. <laughs> She's going to kill you, and I'm going to leave all of this bit in. But congratulations on your PB. High five. Now I'm going to bring in your brother. Move aside. Got Joshua with me, older child. So a couple of different things have happened, actually, since Joshua last spoke to us on here. Before you talk about Junior Park Run, you had a wee PB before that, do you remember? Yes, I did a 5K PB, and it was amazing. I took like two minutes off of my time or something. Four, four minutes. Four minutes. And I did, I just felt like I did amazing as I was like <laughs> at the end because I was so, it was so hard to push through at the end, but I just did it and uh, I'm so proud of myself. Yeah. So I've been, get Josh has been coming out running with me a wee bit more when I'm doing easy runs because his, his pace and my easy pace sort of are starting to align. So, so I'm starting to fear for my own times already. We ran 5k together at such a steady pace and it was getting quicker and more progressive and yeah, four minutes he knocked off and ran sub 30 for 5k so definitely an adult part run on the cards with you very, very soon. But then what did you go do on the same day your brother PB'd at junior part run? I went and did a PB on one second so I just barely did it but I did do it. Yeah, Josh's PB junior part run was a wee bit of a false one because he got it with me on one of his first park runs, holding my hand the first time he ever ran it. So I think I probably dragged you halfway around, but that's the first time you've ever beat that time on your own. So how much are you enjoying the running? I'm enjoying the running so much, and it's like, I'm like doing really good, I feel like, and I'm, and I'm just enjoying it so much, the fact that you just get out there for fresh air. And what did you tell me that one of your big goals are when it comes to running? You told me this last night. Oh, I want to run a marathon. Run a marathon and win a race? Yeah. Win a race. So you can tell me what that feels like. This is not the podcast for people that win races. This is for the people that watch people winning races and cheer them on. But you yeah. could maybe change that and then we'll stop you listening to the podcast forever. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming on to talk to us about your running. And hopefully the PBs keep coming and we'll get you on. And here's a deal for you. If you and Brody PB one more time, I'll let you pick a song for the playlist. Okay, that How's sounds that? good. I'm going to push so hard next park run. Deal? Deal. High five. So that's the updates from the Miller household. Sorry you have to suffer all that, folks, but if I'm going to keep pushing them to go, I have to give them the spotlight when they go and get their achievements like this. It's just so good. They were buzzing when I got back from my long run. Of course, they weren't interested in how I ran. They didn't ask me why I happened to be leaking all down my left side. They just couldn't wait to tell me about their PB. So brilliant to see. Thank you to everybody, as usual, that puts on that event at Junior Park Run and the time you give up for them. I appreciate it so much. Nicola is probably going to kill me because I'm leaving that stuff in about what they're saying about her. She is running fantastically well, chuffed to bits for her and actually signed her up for a race against her knowledge and will. So she's doing the, the women's 10k on the same day I'm doing the men's 10k in Glasgow. 
and I want you to look out for something maybe coming in uh, the near future. A wee bit of information about that race where we're hoping to maybe have a wee bit of a meet-up for uh, podcast listeners and grab a bite to eat after it together. So more more details to follow on that when it's been fleshed out a bit. But in the meantime, I appreciate you listening. I'm going to hand over to my conversation with the fantastic Leanne Brown. And good luck to everybody running London. I will be dot watching. I will be cheering you on from a distance. And I can't wait to hear all about it when you get back. Today, I'm joined by an everyday running hero that's in her happy place in the hills, and even happier with her fellow Brooks Run Happy teammates. This week, she's preparing to take on the London Marathon in short notice, but that's less of a problem when you've racked up nine ultras and lift enough weights to shame Arnold Schwarzenegger. Welcome to Press Play and Run, Leanne Brown. Welcome, Leanne. How are you? I'm fine, Ryan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm going to say it right off the start. Leanne is the most nervous person I've had on so far, but we've just been chatting for 10 minutes before we recorded and she was fine, so I'm sure we'll get her settled in here. I'm not that scary. Um, but thank you so much for joining me, Leanne. I know you have definitely been the hardest guest to obtain. When did I first ask you to do this? Oh, I feel like it's probably about like two months ago, maybe, was it? And I, you've, uh, you've finally wore me down. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think I actually asked you after episode one and this is us going on to your 10 your episode 10 so oh, that must be roughly 20 weeks ago that i first asked you oh, no. it doesn't feel like that long ago and i didn't badger you i just kept planting little seeds along the way you did you did and after i listened to a few i was like you know what maybe i can do it it does just seem like a chat i am still terrified but it'll be grand as i mentioned leanne you are well you're through prep mode you're actually in Taper Taper Race Week this week for yeah, London. Yeah, we are on. Yeah, we are. We are on. Uh, we are on Race Week. So, well, let's have a wee quick chat about that before we go back to the beginning, because I I've been following you for as long as I've had an Instagram running profile, and you you do have a lot of races. You you tend to have a lot lined up, but this one came as a bit of a bolt out the blue, didn't it? Was it seven weeks notice? It was pretty much seven weeks before race day. Um, I got a wee message on my DMs on Instagram and um, I kind of did wonder because seven weeks isn't just a massive amount of time. I had, I was doing a marathon in February, which I DNF because the girls kindly shared their cold with me. So um, I did have the kind of mileage kind of banked from training for that as well. So it was one of those things where I was like, can I do it? I mean, it's a lot to organise. Um, in seven weeks but it's you know it's London it's one of those kind of once in a lifetime races that you're going to do so and is it is this your first London so officially this is actually my first proper marathon race ever yeah so I've done a virtual marathon and then everything else has all done been ultras so yeah so this well essentially be my first marathon race I love that that casual bit this is my first marathon nine ultras in (laughs) Well, th- th- that's quite exciting, though, that it's your actual f- first proper marathon. This is going to feel like a training run. Oh, no way. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the intention, I suppose, seven weeks notice? Because as you said, even just the logistics of organising is going to London. It's so busy trying to, I'm sure, get transport and stuff. But what, what does that do in terms of your mentality going in? Or do you always go into a race with a time target or what's... What, how does your head work for you? Um, to be honest, I never really go into a race massively with a target in time. Um, it's always enjoy it and finish it. 
Um, I'm definitely not one of those people that will be aiming for a PB as long it's running it's all about enjoyment for me so it's all about going out having fun and just embracing it all and definitely that's what London is 100% going to be is just enjoying it enjoying the crowds because it's going to be like something I've never experienced before and yeah just enjoy it finish it yeah that's uh, have fun (laughs) I'm halfway there I've never worked out the enjoying it part yet but I do enjoy finishing (laughs) So I suppose that's something that we have in common. You're going to get a PB. It's your first marathon. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, we've done, like, marathon distances kind of thing. So I can yeah. tell everybody, official, like, my unofficial marathon PB is 4 hours 19. Cause that's yeah. what I've ran in previous. But right. um, That's yeah. your Strava tells you at the end of an ultra. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite impressive, that pace during an ultra. Um, so logistically, then, what's the, what's the plan? Are you travelling down yourself? Are you taking family? How are you managing it? So that was another kind of thing, because obviously London's a long way away from Aberdeen. So and you're never sure how as much as I say, I'm going to go out, take it easy and enjoy it. You're still never sure how you're going to feel at the end of a race. And London's a long way away to go myself. So that was another thing I had to kind of figure out was if there was anybody free that could potentially come with me with seven weeks notice kind of thing. So um, so yes, no, my sister-in-law is coming down with me. Um, so we're flying down Saturday, staying Saturday night, running Sunday and flying home Sunday evening. Oh, that'll be, a, that'll be an interesting walk up the flight stairs. Let's, yes. hope it, let's hope it's one of the tunnels and not one of the stair ones. So, um, so yeah, so thankfully she is coming with me. So I will have her there for support. Ah, that's nice. That's nice. You've got somebody there. There's a few former guests running it as well. So hopefully if they see you, they can give you a wave yeah. and bring you into the fold for some company. Um, so this is, and we, we, we should say this is coming in conjunction with Flora as well, um, mm-hmm. who have invited some um, influential people from the running community. And whether you like to hear that or not, you are an influential person in the running community. As I said, I've followed you for a while, but I, I obviously knew of your profile, I think probably through the Brooks Happy team. You find one and then you tend to find the rest because they're in contact with each other. How is that sitting with you, that, I suppose, rise in people recognising your profile? And we're speaking about it there. Tell me about that journey from what the running profile started as to where it is now. Oh, so the running profile started as, like everybody, you were posting stuff on your personal one and you're pretty sure that your friends and family are getting fed up of listening to you chat about it all the time. Um, So I think I made it up in, I think it was May 2020, so essentially lockdown. Um, And it was giving me, fitness was giving me something to focus on. Obviously it was homeschooling the girls and I was still working because I worked for the NHS. So um, I was running and doing strength sessions and hit workouts and stuff like that just to essentially keep me sane. So I was posting about it quite a lot because what else was there really to speak about because it was lockdown. Um, So I was like, right, no, I'm going to start. A running Instagram page uh, so that was May 2020 and um, to be fair probably the running Instagram community it's their fault that I'm actually into ultras now because once you get delve into other runners profiles and stuff and you see them smashing out left right and center and um, yeah and it to be honest it does blow my mind that people follow me Um I literally just post about my training and it does. It blows your mind. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't doubt it. I'm, I'm seeing the same type, not, not anywhere near that level of falling, but I'm seeing the same thing happening through the podcast. And you think, yeah. well, but I'm not doing anything I wasn't doing 
like two years ago or three years ago. But the more, as you said, you get into it, it's so, it's so motivating and it can have a, the opposite effect, I suppose, if you're not in a great place with your training, where, you know, if you're, if you'd withdrawn before the Manchester Marathon, I dare say Insta wasn't a great place to be yesterday because you could get green with envy and, and everybody's, oh. everybody's living their best life or, or that's what you perceive it to be. But there's there's been far more positives than negatives on that journey, the connections you make and just the motivation. And that's something I think I got the sense of. It's not like you were not running before and I'm going to take you back there in a minute, but it seemed to kick you up a notch with your training, your running in particular. Would that be right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I wouldn't have had a clue about ultra running if it hadn't been for the Instagram community, to be honest. And I would have been probably quite happy just keeping on plodding along with like five and 10 Ks. And I'd never really even entered any races or anything like that. But once you actually get involved in the community and you see everybody else smashing out, you're like, I could do that. Like, no bother at all. Like, See, we're we're all happy at God's distance of 5K until the internet ruins it for us. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, these these hills would be fun. No, they wouldn't. Oh, oh, 60K would be fun. No, it wouldn't, but we'll do it anyway. Um, so, right, take me back then, because that's the bit that's probably the gap for me. I see you're running since the beginning of the profile. But as I was doing the stock of it last night, prepping for this, I think I saw a post where maybe you'd helped your mum empty a loft or a cupboard or something, and you came across old medals. So then I saw that there was a runner in there from from quite early. When, when did it start? Then when did you fall away from it? Because almost everybody does at some point. Yeah, so um, we moved to America whenever I was eight till I was 14 with my dad's job. So we moved to Texas. So obviously, um, Texas is very much active, like cross country, track and field. I used to play softball, I used to volleyball, basketball. Like I I pretty much think I probably actually played every single sport whenever I was there. Um, So I did, I ran cross country. Those were all, I think, my cross country um, medals from when we stayed in America. so yeah, so did that. And when we came back, whenever I was 14, moved back into Aberdeenshire and the academy I was at was pretty much, if you didn't play football, there, there was nothing else for you kind of thing. So all the activities kind of fell to the wayside. I was kind of throughout uni, I would pick up and maybe do the odd 5K here and there, mostly just to help with the stress of going through university and then um, had the kids. And then it was probably wasn't until after I had my youngest, so she'll be a way to turn six, that probably got kick up the bum again, yeah, um, to get going again. And then I didn't, I did red January in the twenty twenty, as just a challenge that I kind of decided I wanted to give myself. And then, like I say, ended up keeping on going, did run every day in May, and then started up my Instagram page. So to be honest, I haven't really done a lot. No, it was all whenever I was in my teens and um, doing cross yeah. country in America. But that you could see, or I could see certainly the difference in when somebody even has a grounding from that age, cross country at that age, there's a there's more of a confidence to take on running as an adult because you know you've done it, you know what it feels like, you know it doesn't always feel as bad as it's going to feel in the beginning. Um, yeah, and it's a different type of journey that than I think those that are maybe an adult who have never run. That's a much more daunting your head's quicker to tell you what you can't do and actually you're always thinking is this going to feel as disgusting as this forever 100 percent. i um i still i think even when i go out on runs like now 
I still will think back to the things that my coach would have told me back whenever I was like 12, you know, techniques that he would have told me that will then just pop up in my head and I'll be like, right, yes, do yeah. that and just keep going. Yeah. The American bit, I didn't know. That's also an interesting one. I've got a couple of friends <laughs> who are, I was a teacher previously there looking at going out to teach in America at an international school. And they're both PE teachers, actually. But the sort of rigor around what they have to be able to demonstrate they can take on sport-wise, mm-hmm. organized sport is massive compared to here, where it's like, oh, 100%. you know, yeah. football or rugby or badminton, you know, you specialize yeah. in sort of one as a PE teacher, but there, there's a full program of mm-hmm. an almost an expectation that you take part in some form of at least competitive sport. And I yeah. don't know, that's, you'll have, you've got kids yourself, um, and you're setting that example for them. But I, I think about that a lot here. It's, there's not a whole lot of variety and it's not open to everybody unless you pay. You know, we that's fine. You mm-hmm. can go to tennis, but private lessons, you can go. It's not ob- obtainable for every day. Have you seen that yourself since you come back? Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, um, I've spoken to a couple of people that are maybe thinking about immigrating and stuff like that. And it is your... Um, 100%, I would do it. Like, the age that I was there, I absolutely loved it. And it is... Um, like I say, whenever we came back, if if you didn't do football, there really was nothing else yeah. for you here. And um, obviously, northeast Scotland is very football orientated. Um, and the girls, yeah, everything you have to pay for. Everything. Yeah, yeah. And everything. I see it all the time. Well, like. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's not. It, like five pound a time you're like okay five pound but it's five pound twice a week you've got two kids and how we we're currently operating in this cost of living stuff it's not obtainable to everybody and i've spoken about it before so not to labor a point too much but i see junior park run is a wee bit of a beacon of light out there that Mm. is genuinely free but i also i've got somebody coming on who's a run who is an ambassador for park run and to call a spade a spade they can't get kids from poorer families to park run it's full of middle class okay. parents with middle yeah. class kids you know mm-hmm. so the people that are getting the lessons in tennis that are already playing football and rugby they're the ones that junior park run by and large and then they go into the more deprived areas and communities and those park runs are really really small so i'd love to see more done to make a coordinated effort between the schools um, yeah. promoting and the transport being provided because it's not it's not free if you can't get there no, no, exactly. Well, our um, our local park run is actually, well, they were trialling, they had their third trial yesterday. So they're trialling taking back junior park run. So we were there yesterday and took the girls along to it. And there was quite a lot of kids there. But again, it, it's just a little, it's like a little village. So obviously yeah. we had to transport there. And yeah. like you say, not not everybody can do it. Yeah. And r- rurality is a different challenge. The school I was head yeah. teacher in was in a relatively rural area. And mm-hmm. so kids missed a lot of extracurricular opportunities because if you didn't get the school bus home, there wasn't another bus to get home or it was three buses to get home. So yeah. e- even just getting there and that that was a more affluent area and still the, rural- the rurality caused a poverty of opportunity. So there's bits, my, my kids love Junior Park Run now. They both actually, at the beginning of this episode, I've not recorded the, the blurby bit at the beginning, they both PB'd yesterday and they are adamant. Oh, they want to come on and talk about it again, so they may well oh, have. Bless we may well have heard from them, depending on what they say about their mum. I'm not sure I can get away with much more. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's it's something I think through the podcast that I want to take on, trying to 
think how because that's my job I'm still in education I think I can do mm -hmm. something to raise the profile even locally but it's yeah. just interesting that American experience versus here we, we've been to America a few times and I, I see it I see it even mm -hmm. when you're just on holiday the difference yeah. in organization is is massive so you're running when you're younger then there was plenty of medals there does that mean you were good at it Oh no, I've always been proper mid-pack. <laughs> were they part are they participation medals you were showing up? <laughs> yeah. They're like eighth, ninth, tenth girl kind of thing. Like nothing well, above that. To be quite fair, some of them are gold, some of them are bronze, and some of them are silver. So I'm thinking, my God, is she in the podium every oh, time no. she races? I should have maybe showed the others the other side of them that has the place on them. Everybody's was bronze. No matter what. Oh, that's disappointing. I thought you were going to tell me you were rapid there as a youngster. I know. <laughs> um so you've got that break and you've you've listened to the podcast, so you've heard the journey of a couple of mums coming through and people talking about pregnancy. Not an easy one to come back from either because the time. That's a bit that suppose that would be the first question I would have for you. It's why I wanted you on so much in the first place. Because Brooks run happy team. For anyone that doesn't know, if you go and have a look at them, they are, it's a very diverse team of people, very diverse jobs, very diverse backgrounds. But you've got that life that I think would be recognisable by many people, a couple of kids, working a you know, public sector job. How do you cram it in? How do you get all, How do you manage to fit your training in? To be honest, half the time I don't even know myself. Um, the... It's, it's just about discipline really, is it? I mean, I only, work, so I, I work two days a week. So I do have the other three days and it is getting easier because both my girls are now at school. So my youngest started school after the summer and that has been, that's been a massive help. And when she was still at nursery and that kind of things, it was a case of if she was in for the morning, then I went away out in the morning and then I picked her up and everything else was kind of done in the afternoon. It is certainly getting easier the older that they are my eldest loves going on her bike so we'll come out on her bike and she'll bike along with me for if I go out even for like 10 miles she'll quite happily come out with me for that um to be honest half of it is just being disciplined and you kind of have to be and you have to be a bit selfish I, I love that quote I saw on one of your posts when I was looking last night saying the, the exercising comes before the housework Oh, 100%. And, <laughs> Don't see my house. <laughs> and, and that's, I can see a house in the background, guys. This, <laughs> disgusting, I'm telling you. No, I'm kidding. I kid. Um, the, but that's, a, not many people do that because it's, but that is, it's what you prioritise, isn't it? Yeah. You yeah, know, and um, your, your body and your well-being and your mind. Who cares if you get a clean house if that's a mess? Yeah, you have to look after yourself to be able to look after everybody else. So, um, yeah, like I say, you do have to be, selfish sometimes and everything does get done eventually but yeah I think you're also doing yourself a disservice saying that it's easy because the kids are at school you were doing this during lockdown I, I was looking back do you know you nearly made me nostalgic for lockdown because there was all these videos of remember all the crazy challenges that were kicking about trying to oh, put yeah. trying to do a handstand to put your t-shirt on and stuff like that <laughs> And I was going back I think through. That was one of my first videos. Yeah. Like, I think it was. It was like second yeah. or third video, and I was going, and I was thinking about it, going, "Oh my goodness!" I remember all the kids at school were doing like keepy ups with a toilet roll and things. It was a challenge, oh, and all the schools yeah. were doing it. All this, all these things. Loads of bad things came from lockdown, but so many fitness journeys started and really oh, kicked yeah. on. See, when we're doing this, every conversation there's a golden thread running through of 
something in there was when people started to prioritise themselves a bit more. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you feel that with the people you know as well and around you? Um, yeah, 100%. I mean, there is so many people that started their journey through lockdown, to be honest. When you look at so many across Instagram, a lot of people were started in lockdown 2020 and look where I am now kind of thing and it is it's amazing to see because like I say what else was there really to do so and it's amazing that people did find a way to better themselves and keep themselves fit and healthy and that they've kept that going as well yeah yeah I think that's I wanted to I should have drawn attention to it in Kaylee's uh, chat last week I was too busy listening but that's something that you would want people to know. See, when it got that, when the world went into that crisis, the one thing we were all still allowed to do was exercise. That's the importance of it. And so many people started, but see to anybody that didn't, look where a lot of people are now. Forget the lockdown, when you cut the noise out. Yeah. They're doing things they could never have imagined. They're a different person than they were even just two years ago. Um, you know, the progress can come in bunches when when you go over the hump of the the hard bit at the beginning and that's whether you're coming <clears throat> excuse me that's whether you're coming back to it from like you were from having a baby or like i was from being a slob and being lazy and just <laughs> fell out of love with it all the progress you can make you're not where you're going to be that's something i wanted to sort of touch on and your profile for anybody looking through that forget the the, the cross-country stuff that's from an almost stand and start after your second child again of, right, I've had mm-hmm. enough. I need to get myself back in shape. Yeah. And was that a moment for you or was that a, it's just time now? To be honest, I think it was just, it, it was time. I mean, I did kind of start probably before that, the summer kind of before lockdown. Like I say, I think that was when she would have been three and started nursery and you just had that wee bit more time to be able to spend the time on yourself. Um and then lockdown just gave it a huge push. Yeah. Huge push. And you got a treadmill, didn't you? Did you have a treadmill anyway? No. So that was my birthday present that year. So God, that's, when, that's when you know you've reached ultimate peak sadness oh, as a runner. Yeah. Get excited about the treadmill. <laughs> um, yeah. So the treadmill, yeah, that helps massively. Like I say, it's always my last resort because we have it inside the house and it's just roasting yeah it's not enjoyable at all and I do think back to I mean just now I probably struggle to do 5k on it because I I haven't had to use it for so long but back in lockdown I think I was doing like 16 miles on it yeah that's huge You're just like that's bonkers like yeah I, I have one in the garage but it's firmly in there I've been running in all terrain all weather rather than going on it but it's a great it's a great option to have and you can actually pick them up relatively cheaply as well somebody looking to get rid of one yeah well our our one was the second hand one off of the facebook marketplace i think and um yeah it's been grand yeah it definitely helps but it just helps that organization part so but you're you're tying in your running with a lot of strength and conditioning no way i'm getting myself another row okay so (laughs) let's not ask me about mine let's just talk about yours Two to three times a week, I see you on your profile and you're doing strength training. Has that always been the case, even when you weren't running? Or again, did that come with what you were doing since lockdown? Um, so, yeah, I probably wouldn't have done weights before. So I haven't long gotten like my squat rack and stuff like that. I have always had like my adjustable dumbbells, which have always been used previous to lockdown and stuff like that. I think I actually got them in between my first and second being born 
Um, and I used to use YouTube videos essentially to do strength work. So it, ha- it is something that I've done for a while. Uh, it did kind of get curbed a wee bit after my second and I started more into like hit workouts and stuff like that um, alongside my running and I have the bike. But once I got squat, I kind of realized I probably needed to get the heavier kind of stuff back yeah. in again, I think last year. So we got a second again, second hand squat rack and got it sorted out. So and. 100% it was funny I was saying to someone actually the other day that touch wood haven't actually been injured for quite a while yeah uh, I would probably say since probably 20 after I did Benahi and did space I wait at the end of 2020 to be honest um my, probably because I did two ultras far too close together but my I had a knee injury after that but ever since then touch wood again I, I I've been clear of injuries and the strength work works, obviously. Like <laughs> for sure. Two things that have come from what you've just said there. One, I'm so glad you said the name of that ultra. I didn't know that's how you pronounced it, and I would have butchered that. Oh yeah. So that's that's a, an absolute win that you didn't make me say it wrong first time. But <laughs> sec- second of all, I suppose I'm in the YouTube stage at the moment, or actually the, the app that I'm using. Mm-hmm. But it's mostly bodyweight stuff. I'm at the point now where all joking aside from the rows that I get about strength and conditioning, I can see the deficit now in my running because of the increased load. So yeah. that's, it. I think if you're running five and 10 K, it will benefit you for sure. I'm not necessarily sure you particularly need it. You know, I've been doing five, 10 Ks without being injured ever. Um, mm-hmm. Now that I'm up to these 30 K runs and you really feel the difference and not, yeah. not so it's something that, I'm probably a bit late into this marathon block, but I've got an ultra coming up after it. And even even after that, though, it's just something I need to invest in myself in. But how do you how did you progress from YouTube to actually knowing what you're doing? You look like okay. you know what you're doing. I don't. <laughs> so I think so. To be honest, I generally think I ended up just googling stuff, and then um, I started with a coach running up to the Ring of Steel race in, when was that, 2021, I think I did. Yeah, 2021, I did Ring of Steel. So um, I was approached by Rob. I kind of put a bit on my Instagram page, kind of saying, if you've had a running coach, do you feel like you've benefited? Because it is sometimes, I think sometimes you just need that push to be accountable to someone. There's only so much you can push yourself and push yourself and you do kind of start getting kind of waylaid a wee bit. So I put a wee post on and I had ran a good part of my Murray Way 15 miler with Rob. I think we ran the first like 13 miles together chatting. So he messaged me and was like, look, I'm just going through all my courses. Um, I would be happy to coach you if you just give me some feedback on, on it afterwards. So I ended up with Rob for about a year and a half Rob coached me so it was good because he gave me all my strength stuff as well yeah and gave me the weights that I should be doing so that was great um I stopped with Rob like the end of last year just generally because I'd been with him for a year and a half and I felt like I just need like I I needed a break the end of last year I needed to focus more on getting back the enjoyment of running and doing what I could fit in um so, and then I just newly started with Dan because I kind of felt like my nutrition side of things was kind of 
I wasn't I haven't been eating the right thing so started with Dan so Dan started giving me all my nutrition plans and my strength work again which has been great because he was saying after I told him kind of what I have been doing recently he kind of was like look Leanne you're doing London what you've been doing is great for off-peak training times to get yeah. that strength built up he was like but just now he says you're doing too much because your way to pretty much hike up your mileage your legs are not going to have the chance to recover from your strength work to be able to function good for your running so and um, I'm back to body weight kind of stuff at the moment yeah which has been great as well because it, it isn't given those muscle like the muscles are getting worked so much just now because I ha- did have to hike my mileage up quite quick um so I have had a bit of help yeah quite a lot recently with the strength work yeah there's loads out there though isn't there for for people just beginning that it's a that's it's a scary bit of the journey actually starting the strength stuff Mm -hmm. because if you get it wrong you can actually injure yourself trying to do right if your posture's not right and you're but getting help whether it's a coach if you can afford to invest in yourself i've spoken to a couple of coaches on this and people that are coached and i can see the benefit they get i would call them the serious runners so that makes you a serious runner (laughs) just so you know um but there's also these online apps as well and whilst you're not getting that same personalized touch see that level of taking the thought planning out of it and accountability that's that's a big thing for me because i don't want to spend two hours planning my running we can't all laminate lists leanne no i know i love my my laminate goodness (laughs) you're like a primary teacher I was looking through it last night and like, oh my God, she laminates her plans and ticks them off oh, and everything. Yeah, I do like ticking them off on a bit of paper, to be honest. Uh, so, I mean, that's, you're the ultimate running geek. I've, I've got massive respect for it. <laughs> um, but the app's doing the same thing for me, except I just don't need a, a marker. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's all there. But I know a couple of people with Dan as well that have worked with Dan. And mm-hmm. I think once you get into that world of plugging in your nutrition to your strength, you can yeah. amazing things can start happening because it's not oh, just not honestly, running anymore. Uh, when the strength plan came through and the, the nutrition plan came through, and I was like trying to start reading it, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is completely mind-boggling." But once you actually sit down and properly think about it, it, it hasn't been too hard to implement. But when it first came through, I was like, "Oh my gosh, what am I doing?" And a hundred percent, like I like I lost like two and a half pounds in two weeks. Not really trying but not really trying but even just the fatigue for after my running I've noticed a huge difference in not being as tired because that is a huge thing for marathon training and that when you start increasing those mileage your body feels tired your brain feels tired but I have I mean haven't had it's only been six weeks of training but after those long runs haven't had that same fatigue and that's the only thing that I've really changed is yeah what and what is the sort of changes without getting too deep into the weeds with it what's what are the biggest things that you've had to change um probably just focusing more on like hitting that protein goal and some days i'm even struggling to hit my calorie goal sometimes i feel like i'm actually eating so much um organization as well yeah you kind of have to properly sit down and plan out what you're gonna i mean obviously this week is completely different again. So I've almost just gotten used to what the few weeks nutrition has been like. And then this week is completely different because obviously it's marathon week and today, tomorrow and Wednesday are the same as what I have been doing. But then after Thursday, it's just, yeah. 
Yeah, I throw all the carbohydrates at you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the pa- pasta party in Aberdeen. Sure. Pasta. Aberdeenshire, because it's not Aberdeen. Yes. <laughs> it's like, that's the typical Sunday from Glasgow that thinks Aberdeen's just one wee place. And then you realise it's like half the world in the north of Scotland. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, that that's big changes. Organisation, again, for the few mm-hmm. people on speaking about it. If you're not organised, you can't eat well. It's as simple no. as that. You need no. to, again, 100%. invest in it. Yeah, and it's like, it's what I said to him as well, like one of the things I won't ever do is we all sit, like we all, all make sure that it's supper time, we all sit down together. So we will all sit down with the girls and we all have supper together. Now, normally it is really early, it's like five o'clock. So I think we were getting on, I think he was asking me about um, if there's certain time of days, like if we set a regime, you eat at this time kind of yeah. thing. And I was like, yeah, everything else apart from supper time I was like because supper time is non-negotiable yeah. like that is when we sit down all together and we eat together yeah that's that's but that's again back to that everyday real life type runner you're not a paid athlete this is not your job yeah um, you want to be good at it you want to be healthy but that's that's a red line that should absolutely stay yeah you know, you, but to what I'm, end? I've always said that I think I, I'm always a mum first the mum yeah. side of it always comes first yeah, uh, side yeah. <laughs> and I think yeah that's absolutely the way it has to be because mm-hmm. what's the alternative you sit in your own and you eat at a scheduled time it might make you a minute faster it might mean you can run for 10 miles longer at what expense you know you're yeah. losing out on you don't get many of those years they, they rattle by no. yeah um, definitely so, so no I couldn't agree more I want to then move I'm jumping back and forward a bit here, but you've so your profile begins as a as you start that running profile, you're up to about two or three thousand followers. Then the moment comes it probably changes it, although you wouldn't have known to the extent at the time. Brooks run happy team. I'm really interested to know how it came about, what made you apply, and what did you know about it before you even got in? Um, so, well, if you go back to, did you go back to like one of my first posts on Instagram was whenever I started properly running, I started, got, I was like, right, I need a decent pair of trainers. If I'm going to start increasing my mileage, need a decent pair of trainers. So I did a wee bit of research and found the Brooks Adrenalines and essentially they have been my long distance running shoe ever since. Um, so that definitely, I mean, I through Instagram is how you find out about all this kind of stuff is it? I mean I didn't know there was an unhappy team before I had my running Instagram page um probably didn't even really know about Brooks running trainers before I actually did some research into trainers because I was increasing that mileage I needed a decent pair of shoes um and I think I did apply the like I think it's every September they put out the applications for the unhappy team for the following year and you know what, like you just throw your name in the ring kind of thing. You're like, oh, what have I got to lose? Like fill it out. So I think I have filled it out every year since I had kind of my Instagram page. But um, I suppose that would have just been 2020. So I would have filled it out in 2020, didn't get in the team, filled it out again 2021. Go and on. then when I got the email from Laura, I generally thought that it was like a spam email, I'm not gonna lie. I actually like clicked on the name, double checked the email address. And then I remember measure and be like, are you actually serious? Like this isn't yeah. a joke. Like, yeah. um, because you do, you see, you know what, like I didn't have that many followers at the time. And you look at all the people and you just think they're so motivational. 
they've got such a following like they're doing amazing things like you just never think that you're gonna get picked so haven't so I found out I think it was the end of November like 2021 I found out and it was a case of got the email and it was like you can't can't announce it till January and I was like I'm gonna have to keep this a secret for a couple of months like this is gonna be so hard I remember phoning my husband being so excited and he was like oh yeah okay and I was like not excited about this so I ended up phoning like my one of my good run pals Katie and telling her and she had the same level of excitement I did which was great because my husband just didn't understand I bet like well let's that let's make that a cautionary tale to everybody this is why you have your running Instagram because nobody bloody cares and that's okay <laughs> but we care this is this is a podcast for people that care about that stuff he was like all right okay whatever kind of <laughs> well go, go you yeah wow <laughs> and then yeah January announced it announced it was on the team um it still does feel a bit surreal that I'm on it to be honest I still do sometimes think why but I think everybody's kind of going to be like that like it's you know you know what it's like in running sometimes you get so much imposter syndrome so sometimes and I remember going down to the first meet and being like you followed all these people for you know you followed all these people since you started and then you're in this room with them all kind of thing and it's, it is it was completely overwhelming the very first meet that I went to but you know what everybody is so lovely that yeah it's not long and you're making friends and you know yeah. everything about them all and like we've got a whatsapp group and um yeah it's great every that imposter syndrome is is the other thread that links every guest that I've had on and it's that should be reassuring to everybody six star mm-hmm. finishers masters athletes beginner runners they're all sharing the same feelings stepping onto race lines stepping into new rooms we went to the lululemon event two weeks ago three weeks ago and that was i think almost everybody in that room would have been feeling the same walking in the door like why am i here again i thought that was a spam email (laughs) i I was clicking into amy who messaged profile i'm like is she for real is this because you do get a lot of spam emails you get a lot of spam messages on insta look and say but why why do you want us there why do you want me there i don't get it but they've clearly seen in you what i see in your profile and what loads of others do you know that's not there's no forced you're not doing it to the end of trying to become an influencer you're not doing it to the end and i think sometimes they get a bad rap people in your position a wee bit of jealousy sometimes a wee bit of lack of understanding of how it happens or you might you might hear the odd negative comment or not you know or look at you being invited to this or that london marathon for example you're getting a chance there but that's not why you applied to become that's not why you started a running profile you know it's that's natural growth yeah no exactly and i would like to still think that i do still post the same as what i would have done when i started the page away back in 2020 like it's very much a case of this this is what I've done today. You know what I mean? Like, and the thing is as well, when I did, so I did my recap a couple, was that last month? I think I did a wee recap of three posts of the ultras that I'd done so far. And you know what, actually sitting and going back through the Instagram page and looking at your posts from all the races that you've done and just reliving them. Yeah. I was like, I'm so glad actually that I did start to up because my memory is not the best. Yeah. So going back and actually looking back and being like, oh yeah, I remember feeling like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, that's the reason to do it. I, and uh, you know, I had a really good run that day. You can look back at the three weeks before and say, what was I doing? What was different? What, mm-hmm. you know, there is a journaling aspect to the 
to using the, your Insta like that because I don't put overlay personal things on there. I don't really talk about anything like that on Insta. It's running, but some of my personal friends follow me, and I'm like, why? Why do you follow this? You don't. You must be bored, senseless. Yeah. I actually started this, so I don't need to talk to them about running, and then they followed my page. Um, only through the podcast they found out about it, but. Yeah, no, it's, there's a realness to it. I was glad to see that they brought you back as well for this year because you were COVID disrupted as well. So that would have been, uh, uh, the, I'm sure the opportunities for the Run Happy team, your class, were a bit different. Yeah, um, it was quite agonising finding out. We always have to reapply every year. And I was sure, I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to make it again for next year. But um I did, thankfully, because it is. It's just such a nice community to be be a part of. It's amazing. Can you tell us a wee bit about what what what's involved being in it, Leanne? Look, so what when you sign up and then you get that email? What's the expectations of you? Not much, to be honest. I, I think a lot of us are, we're are picked because they obviously like how we come across on our Instagram. So I think it is being. Just being yourself, being authentic kind of yeah. thing as to how you come across. There is a sincerity because, yeah, the unhappy team are not all like, as, as silly as it sounds, they're not all smelly, smiley all the time. Well, everything's wonderful. You know, some yeah. honesty posts on there and there's people yeah. like everybody else. There'll be up and downs in, in that team. What about the, that expectation on your time, though? Are you Do you attend things with the team? Like what, what actually happens? I suppose that's about the people, they'll see what you post, but they don't see anything really beyond it. We met up quite a lot last year, I think generally because the year before the the team didn't get to meet up so much because of everything that was going on in the world. So, I mean, we got really lucky last year in the sense of we got taken to Portugal. So I think the first meet last year was supposed to be in the February, but I couldn't make that one because that was the time that there was that really bad um, storm over Birmingham. Right. So my flight and that had gotten cancelled. That was going to be my first time that I was going to go and meet everyone. So I was at, I mean, I was packed and it was the night before that the flight got cancelled. I was absolutely gutted, but we were able to still, they set up like a Zoom link so that we could still watch the presentation and what was yeah. kind of going on that day. Um, and then we met up in London for Earth Day. So I flew down to London and met up with everyone which was, it was a flying visit, but it was great because the next meet we were going to was Portugal and hadn't met anybody officially yet. So it was fine. It was really good going to London, being able to meet everybody, put a face to everybody's name, just to kind of say hi, because the next meet was Portugal, which to be honest, still absolutely blows my mind that they took us away to Portugal for the weekend. And it was, it was absolutely amazing. I mean, it's not easy for me, obviously, because I'm in the Northeast of Scotland, get into some of these places is, yeah. is not the easiest to get to um i've seen you have a, to travel down to like glasgow or edinburgh to then get a flight to birmingham because aberdeen is absolutely shocking for flights yeah um so we don't need to have a lot put a lot of time to them but going to the meets and spending time with even the people that work for brooks and having a chat with them about all the kit and even with all the rest of the unhappy team members um on the insta like on the whatsapp group we're always speaking about right what did you think of these shoes or what like what do you think of these and yeah. um there's so many people like that you can get tips from yeah. what do you think would be a good shoe for this or that kind of thing and um yeah we were so i to be honest i landed really lucky last year because of the meets that there were last year because they didn't get so many we were 
before because of COVID. And well, if if and this is going to sound more offensive than I mean it, right? But if one's going to be yeah. cancelled, I'd rather it was Birmingham than Portugal. <laughs> no offence, <laughs> Birmingham. <laughs> Let's just say it's Not about the weather. I was absolutely gutted. I was searching any way that I could get down to Birmingham for yeah. that weekend just because I was like, right, I need to go and meet like meet everyone. Yeah. And it was going to be the first one. And um, so we did go, we went down to Birmingham in January. So got to meet the new team members in January. So we went down to Birmingham in January and we're supposed to have another meet up in the summer at some point but there's no dates or that thing confirmed yeah. yet so so there you go everyone that's how the process works of of these type things and nobody ever thinks they're going to be picked but the one way to guarantee you'll never be picked is to never apply so get your applications in folks and you know if i think particularly if a brand ties in with what you enjoy and what you like and that you like their values you've got nothing to lose literally nothing to lose by sticking your name in the ring and yes you'll feel like an imposter Everybody does. You're an imposter until you're not. You fake it till you make it. Sometimes I think that <laughs> just has to be how it goes. So the, the the unhappy team being included must have been a bit of a boost to your confidence as a runner as well. Oh, 100%. Um, even being put in those social situations where you, you have to you have to talk to people. I mean, I'm not I'm not great going into a big crowd and making myself known. Somebody speaks to me grand but you you have to be there's so many people you have to put yourself out there to get to know everyone because the team is quite big and even with obviously the people that work for them and stuff like that like um you do you have to put yourself out there it does give you more confidence to be able to go and do other things like this well i'm going to ask you about that because i remember sending you a message weeks and weeks ago maybe a couple of months about wanting to hear your voice more yeah. because i've seen your story and i see some of the other members of that team and actually people that do similar things and I hear their voice and you have been quite stubbornly on the yeah. reels of voiceover stuff. I'm like, I don't even know if I know what Leanne sounds like, but I have <laughs> noticed recently more and yes. more you're starting to put yourself out there more and I'm really thoroughly enjoying that content and I think it brings a more personal connection to, yeah. to your doing. So Is that being conscious? Yeah, so someone I was speaking to my other half's family at the weekend um, about doing this and um, his auntie follows me and she was like, oh, I have noticed you've started kind of getting on your stories and speaking more. I'm like, yeah, I'm practicing. It's good. It's really, really good. I just want you to know that as somebody who follows you as well. It's <laughs> it's very, I mean, you've got what, about 16,000 odd followers, 17,000. It's, it's so mm -hmm. many. And I follow hundreds and hundreds of people. See the people that speak, you feel like you know them yeah. before you know them, if that makes sense. So yeah. when I've met then some of the runners that I've met through Insta, there's definitely that, oh, I know a bit more about you because there's an openness to speaking. It's difficult when you're just a square in a profile all the time to, yeah. because you get so many, like you'll follow 15 people called Leanne. And you're like, which Leanne is that? But now yeah. you're hearing your voice. So I wanted to say, well done for it. And it's, yeah. it's, the content is so good. So keep going with it. You probably lack confidence first time you set out in an ultra. So we're going to talk about them. Yeah. Why ultras? Like why from from someday? I was assuming there was going to be marathons in the middle of this. Like when I asked you about the journey, you can't surely have gone five, ten k's to ultra. So almost. So twenty twenty year of lockdown. Uh, I was due to well, I turned thirty in the July, so it came in the May. I was like, right, start of June after I'd had my page for a couple of weeks obviously had started following all these people I was like right 
I'm going to run a half marathon before I turn 30. Got a couple of weeks to be grand. So I think I'd had quite a stressful day at home one night and my husband came home from work and I was like, see ya, I'm away kind of thing. Like girls are bedded, I'm off. So I went out and I did a half marathon. I was absolutely knackered. I actually had to stop down the road and get my neighbor to give me a lift up the road because I was absolutely done. So before that, I think I'd done, my longest run had been eight miles. Yeah. So that was in the June. So I was like, right, I've done it now. I've still got a month till I turn 30. What, like, what am I going to do now? Need to do something. There's not much else to do. So I started researching local races that were potentially happening that year. Obviously, there wasn't a lot happening because of COVID. And I came across the Benegui Ultra, which is an ultra at one of our local hills. It's 50k and about 5,000 feet of climbing all over the, like, go around outside Benegui and then all the peaks over Benegui. And I kind of started looking a wee bit more into it, started following a couple more ultra runners and looking at their journey as to where they started and where they were at now. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I could do it. Like, maybe I could do it. I was like, I'll sign up. So I think the entries opened the day after I turned 30. So I signed up for it. And then I was like, right, okay, I've got to make a training plan up now. So this race was going to be in October. It was literally going to be 13 weeks later. And I'd only run half marathon distance one once. And I was like, right, okay. So I had a wee look online and I found it was a an Under Armour 50k trail training plan online that I found. And I literally followed it to a T for 13 weeks. Laminated it. So I laminated it. <laughs> That's the I plan. That's the one laminated. I saw. That's the one I saw online. I'm like, oh my God, what a geek. <laughs> Yeah, so I pretty much followed it to a T and in the October I took on my first ultra and I did it for charity. I'd convinced myself that I would do one the year it turned 30 and I wouldn't, that would be it. So that's not dissimilar to what I'm going to face in August in terms of distance. I think it's a wee bit further I'm going, yeah. but the elevation sounds familiar. I can't even remember. I'm refusing. I've got yeah. my head in the sand, but what advice can you give to a man in that position? Apart from, I will have a plan. I'm actually going to be trialing some of the Cooper Run Coach new oh, uh, trail yeah. plans. So I'm going to be. Yeah. So I will have a plan. But in terms of the on the day, what my, or training wise, what's the advice? Go and recce some of it so that you, it takes that dauntness out of your head as to what you're doing. I think I did one training run a week up at Benahi and I knew like I did the longest inside bit which was like 18 miles and knowing that that was coming that last 18 miles knew what to knew what energy I possibly needed to save doing the first half marathon because the first kind of half 12 miles of the ultra is quite a quick you can get off at a decent kind of pace and I did do it too quick even knowing what was coming to be honest um so yeah 100% recce fueling fueling is a huge thing yeah. in ultras um, so essentially I feel every half hour I'm taking something, even though I don't think I need it from the very start. Were these unsupported or was it like drop bags or like, how does it work? So I think that first year, because it was COVID, you were, we weren't, if I remember back, right. I don't think we were allowed drop bags. I think we had to have everything, everything on us, Right. but most of the ones I've done since there mm -hmm. is drop bags and 100% I always use the drop bags as well yeah. so it just means that you have less to carry um, yeah. to start with and then you're kind of topping up again 
So I think um, we've got two two drop bags in that. So it's it's the West Highland Way part of that Tindrum to Fort William, yeah. which I've walked I've walked to West Highland Way before. So okay, yeah, so it's not so completely you kind of know what's not completely now. unfamiliar. Although I looked at my feet, yeah. I was completely unaware as what I, I'd strolled out there. Leanne is somebody who played mm -hmm. football, thinking how hard can it be? My feet, I can't tell you the state my feet were in. I'd like oh, the no. wrong shoes. I hadn't walked before it. It was less. It was not a great experience, so this won't be any worse than that. I am sure of it. Um, were you, are you running with poles? No, I've never used poles. Mm, um, so that's I was interested in that. Yeah. So Benahy, you're not allowed poles. Um, the only race that I've kind of done that would be allowed the Ultra X Scotland ones would be allowed poles. But the whenever I did the um, the Solomon Ring of Seal Sky Race, I I hummed and head with taking poles with me. But I didn't know the route, and there were certain points. If you had your poles out, you got disqualified. I was like, "Well, I'm not taking, I'm not taking why, the chance." Why is that? Is that conservation? Because it's a sky. No, because it's a sky race kind of thing. So you're scrambling quite a bit of the okay. bit of race because it's up the Ring of Steel Monroe's. Yeah. So I think it was a safety point of view because you would probably need your we would have needed your hands kind of thing. So there were certain per, the scrambling points on that route. If you had your poles seen out, then you weren't. You're yeah. really selling it. It was a bonkers that, race. That race. Why. I went into that one not having a clue, like knowing that, because what was it, like 18 miles and 8,000 feet of climbing? Like, I knew I'd done, I'd practiced like walking Monroe's all summers with the girls to kind of get my elevation up for that race. But even then, it was bananas compared to what I actually thought it was. It was going to be that race has broken and kicked the bum of several people I know, and they've not they've DNF'd a couple of yeah. times. Um, so they're a bit of a rock star for even getting through that. <laughs> Probably best you don't actually know exactly what you're going into for these no, type things. You wouldn't no, do it to be fair. Something like that, yeah. No, I actually like I remember coming up to one of the scrambling points and the guy standing there with like hard hats on, and this guy behind me was obviously I think he was actually terrified of heights and kept going oh my god look how high we are look how like will you please be quiet <laughs> I was like coming up to these guys with hard hats on we're ready to like scale up this bit and you're yapping behind me like completely putting me off like just <laughs> that's I mean that's just hardcore to, to my mind but I there must have been ultras between obviously the first and that oh yeah um so I did Benahy in the October 2020 and Literally the day after I finished Benahy, absolutely broken. I decided to then sign up for the Murray Speyside Way Ultra five weeks later in the November, um, which is still, I think, my worst race to date that I have ever felt while running. But obviously, just because of the recovery, just, yeah, it was yeah five weeks in between those two ultras. Yeah. That was like Benahy was my first ultra. It was. Um, yeah, it was. I keep saying anytime anybody asks me about that race, I'm like, oh, I hate it. But I really probably should go back and do it on fresher legs because I yeah. think I would actually enjoy the race. It was just that time that I raced, that I ran it. It was, it wasn't good. I finished it, but yeah. it took a lot to finish that one. But you've learned about what's what's doable yeah. over yeah. the course of months or a year or a season. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I've kind of, I've definitely gotten a little better. I did sign up for quite a lot in 2021. Um, and then last year I was a lot more sensible. And this year I am being more sensible. <laughs> so London's obviously come as a surprise out of left field for you. What's the actual aim after that? 
So after London, I have the Saltire 24-hour race, uh, the 10th and 11th of June. So I was originally signed up for the 12-hour race, but I kind of took it in my head this year that I want to hit a distance PB. So I want to hit 100K, essentially. And last time I did a 12-hour, kind of, well, it was a virtual race I did in 2021. Uh, I did a 12-hour virtual check, 12-hour all 12 hour virtual uh, dawn to dust challenge. So I got 60 miles. So I was really close to getting the 100K. I never thought I would have gotten anywhere close to 60 miles, to be honest. Um, my goal going into it was if I got to 50, I would be happy. Um, but when I got to 60 miles and when I realized just how close I was to the 100K, I was like, right. So last year, didn't. You got that far by, by the time limit? Is that? Yeah, 60, yeah, yeah. So, so it, was so it wasn't the legs giving up, it was the time. No, it was the time limit, yeah. Um, last year, my focus had been the Backyard Ultra. That was kind of the key race last year to take on a different race format. So this year, I've kind of gone back and I'm like, no, I want to hit 100k distance. So I had originally signed up for the Saltire 12, but I've decided to up it to the 24 just to make sure that I definitely get it in kind of thing. Because that's yeah. that's just that's the main goal. Anything over 100k, or if I can even keep going after the 100k, will be a bonus. But the aim is is to hit that 100k at some point within those 24 hours. I'm 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 laughing here, and the people can't see me, but I'm laughing because over 100k was a good training week for me. About seven weeks ago i don't know what's happened to me that i now talk to people who are thinking about doing that in one run it's like you guys really need to get a new hobby you're ruining this so that's that's the that's the a goal then that is yeah 100k is kind of the a goal anything over that will be a bonus um it's the same idea as the backyard ultras and i think it's loops of about 6k out it's actually a, it's a local race so it's quite nice it's not that far away so yeah aim for that is 100k and that is kind of the goal race for this year can you explain what the backyard ultra format is just briefly because if like me i googled it last yeah. week because i met somebody who'd done it never heard of it before i think if you are a road runner we assume that people know these things tell me that format again yeah so Essentially, it is, so I did it last July. So I did the Highlander Backyard Ultra uh, at Blair Athol in Scotland. So this was the first year that they have ran that. That was the first year they'd ran that um, Backyard Ultra in Scotland. So it is coming back again. It's back again this year, if you want to do it. I'm all right. <laughs> Thank you. I'll just, I'll just ask no. questions about it. It seems <laughs> no. easier. So every hour on the hour, you have to be at the start line, ready to start the next loop. So the next loop is... 6k so about 4.2 miles essentially um a loop and you have to finish that loop on the hour essentially get fueled up sorted out go to the toilet be back on the start line ready to start that next loop on the hour um and it's essentially essentially it's the last one standing so everybody keeps going until there's one person going and the winner has to do a complete loop by themselves yeah. in the time limit to be the winner yeah. as such that was the first time that i'd done that kind of race format so me and um one of my friends from aberdeen so we went down we shared a gazebo just the two of us like didn't have any support crew which was completely the wrong thing to do we thought we would have plenty of time to do the loop sort ourselves out and be back on that start line but that was the lesson number one that we took away from that was you 100 percent need a support crew on uh 
event of that type. I mean, to go like, so I did 10 loops and it was just starting to get dark and the rain was coming down, but I started having stomach issues about eight miles in. And it was because I wasn't, by the time I was getting back to the gazebo, I wasn't getting the fueling in. You're having to prep it. Because I was panicking about getting back on, yeah. getting back on that start line for the next hour yeah. kind of thing. So um, it kind of got to that point where I think I came in finishing loop 10 with just about two minutes and I literally like ran to ran try to get some stuff to get back on the start line and um, started loop 11 but I was like no yeah and you're always going to hit that point you're always going to hit that point anyway and fatigue at some point but like that time wasted having to stress about getting your nutrition right I think Mm -hmm. you need to be crude with something like that don't you oh yeah a hundred percent I mean I, I have I kind of said whenever I finished it I was like never again but I do want to do another one and I want to go with a with crew and give it a good bash. Press plane run crew. I'm much yeah. more I'm much better suited to crewing at that type of thing than running. Yeah. I do the first loop and I guarantee you'd be up there on the top few. I'd go and run it as fast as I could and then just that's me done every day. I, yeah. I'll crew for the rest of it. <laughs> That's obviously an exciting A goal that you've got. That format's insane. Everybody who doesn't win gets a DNF, which I just find mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's compelling because yeah. if you're competitive, like that notion of being, that's literally first or last, doesn't it? Doesn't matter. There's nothing in between. Yeah, um, there's nothing in between at all. Yeah, no. You, you must have a bit of a competitive streak in you because I have noticed as well a pattern of you finish something and you've either already signed up for something or do you always need something to be shooting at? Um, probably I do like to always have an next race to kind of plan towards to be honest yeah um, and I do quite like the start of the year I mean even towards the end of last year I really didn't have any apart from salt air I think I didn't have anything on the books for this year and I think even towards the end of last year I was like I need to get my race calendar sorted for next year like I need to start thinking about the go- the ones that I do want to do the one that you're doing in August was going to be on my list but went away yeah so we're away on holiday when it is, and um, the so which one is it? How, the Devil of the, the Devil of the Highlands. Highlands. Yeah, I would also like to do the Highland Fling because I would love to say yeah. that I have ran the whole length of the West Highland Way. Yeah. Um. So those those two are definitely they were kind of on my list to look out for this year, but then the Highland Fling isn't on this year. And then your Devil of the Highlands is when we're away on holiday. So yeah. I was like, oh well, that's going to have to get kept for. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually really looking forward to it as much as I've got no experience in this field, complete novice, but I'm looking forward to A, getting into the trails because I feel like mm-hmm. I've been killing myself in this marathon block, mm-hmm. but also I have got no expectations in time, which for me is a new thing. Oh. Yeah, um, to oh, finish, 100%. Finishing before cutoff is the expectation. Yeah, definitely. And I always think as well, like I always say that to people, see when you're running an ultra, you could literally get someone's whole life story in yeah. a couple of miles because you end up running with, you could run with this person for like hours kind of thing. And just generally because you're you're taking it so easy. So you can, you can just chat away and just enjoy the experience kind of thing. And I think that's what I like about ultra. Is, I mean, obviously there is people that go out there and they push for their PBs, but I like the fact that you can go away out on the trails, spend a day on the trails, yap to new people take it easy and prove that you can do something yeah amazing really it'll be a new experience completely because i don't think i've ever i've done a half ironman before and that maybe their completion was mostly the goal although i still had time elements for the cycle and the the run in my head 
Um, so that that's the closest I think I've ever had. That was up and down Nevis, the half marathon part of that. Um, so that was torturous with the weather and completely inexperienced. This will be a different proposition, eight from the club going. So I'm really looking yeah. forward to it. And I'm hoping that I catch a bit of the bug. Would it be fair to say, I think it is fair to say for you, trails have got your heart, really? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, even to be honest, even for London, I probably haven't trained on the roads like I have. I'm so lucky where I stay. So we have like an old railway line that's literally just in the village and it goes out from my village in three different ways. So every day I could run like a different part kind of thing. Um, So you never get tired of yeah. running the same trail all the time I do have a wee bit of distance to go to kind of get to hillier trails which obviously I do a lot of my running when the girls are at school so sometimes it is harder time wise by the time you travel somewhere and then get a really good run in to get back in time for obviously picking the girls up from school or the bus coming kind of thing and um, so I am kind of limited in that sense but yeah I don't I don't do a lot of road running as well no. and, and I do yeah. next to no trails unless it's with the yeah. dogs like and that's flat-ish trails but I'm looking forward yeah. to it I hope I, I hope I do because it seems like a logical conclusion at some point you can't keep trying to run faster forever I keep telling myself yeah. um <laughs> what what's that sort of location geography bit like for you trying to get events does that make it difficult for you because you're I mean, even just the logistics of having to eat in time and get out to somewhere. Yeah, so, I mean, even for a lot of it, so, the, like, the Benahy is about 50-minute drive for me kind of thing, and that's one of the local ultras that are here. There is more kind of popping up here, like, up here with yeah. ultra racing. I've actually got a local one that um, is actually starting on the railway line from the village at the start of May, which I had thought about signing up for, until I'd gotten my London place and it was just, yeah. it's just too soon after that to be doing a 12 hour there kind of thing so there is quite a few but for the likes of the backyard ultra and that's down in Blair Athol so my mum and the girls and me went away for the whole weekend kind yeah. of thing and we hired an Airbnb for them so the girls yeah. were kicking about the day that I did it um but it puts it adds a lot of expense in that on yeah. the racing. That's like, what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Um it does. We have like we have the um Murray Way series, which is quite a local one as well. Um, because it's kind of just in the Murray, so it's just kind of around the coast from where I am. So I've done a lot of those. I am doing one another one of theirs that end in November, the Dab Away one, which I haven't done it before. So I am looking forward to that one because it is supposed to be quite a a quick yeah. quick 50k you can actually get a decent kind of time on it so quick quick 50k <laughs> beyond what you've signed up for then look if you to zoom out and look ahead do you have aims goals in your running that you've not explored is there any big scary goals lurking in the background of your mind not really to be honest i kind of just focus focusing on the 100k first kind of thing and haven't yeah. really thought beyond that I do want to do another backyard ultra to be honest i do um fancy giving that another bash um, but apart from that, there's no, there's no. Right, consider my application in for crew duties, right? And my, yeah. <laughs> my, my hourly rate's not so bad. So if, I'll let you know, I'll let you know terms and conditions. Um, well, I mean, it's, there's going to be a huge challenge in terms of getting around London, getting back, getting recovered mm-hmm. in, in your goals, but I'm sure you're going to have a, a brilliant time. But there's no mm-hmm. way you're getting away without doing the quick fire round. And yeah. Shall I tell people, or do you want to tell them that you've been cheating? I've not been cheating. She's don't know what you're talking about. Leanne's got a highlighter in her hand for anyone that can't see right now. I wonder why she's got a highlighter. 
Uh, so I don't know where to change all these questions for you. So you know the format because you have listened, which is really kind of you. But we've got quick fire questions that ask the guests before and they're going to ask you for your playlist track as well. Okay. So just what comes to mind, what's on your highlighted list, you can read out <laughs> to me. You probably laminated it. Are you ready to go? Yes, I am. Right. Favourite running shoe of all time? Uh, Brooks Adrenaline GTS. Imagine you hadn't said Brooks there. Favourite, I know. <laughs> favourite training route? Oh, Benahy, 100%. Benahy, which I was going yeah. to call Benaki. Yeah. Um, best running related book or podcast you've listened to and or read? I'm going to go with Claire Dunn's Living Imperfectly podcast. Okay, I'll link to that. Proudest running moment? Uh, definitely finishing the first ultra. I remember finishing it and literally giving my mom a cuddle and being like, I actually, and literally saying to her, I actually did it. Did you cry? I did. Proud of you, well done. <laughs> can't, can't beat a weeping moment. Worst yeah. race or running experience? Uh, I would definitely be the one after that. So when I did Speyside, um, Speyside Ultra five weeks later. Get your recovery in, folks. It's not worth yeah. it. Yeah. Ultimate post-race refuel meal and drink? Pizza and beer. Let's hope Dan never listens to this. I know. <laughs> don't tell him. I don't think you can count that into your macros for the day. One inspirational Instagram profile you never skip by. I really feel for you with the size of the following that you have. But yeah, um, I just want one. I did kind of hum and hey between this one. So I'm going to go with uh, Meryl Cooper. So Meryl runs ultras. What is it about that profile? So um, Meryl is local and is just so lovely, but she's just she's amazing on the ultra scene so she's a way to run for um for gb again in the world championships kind of coming up but she's quite happy like i've ran with meadow quite a few times and then she's quite happy plodding along and yeah coming for a yap kind of thing but it's just amazing run with or without music run train with race without that's a more common answer than i thought it would be and you know i've actually started doing it myself i can see why yeah um favorite part run I don't really get to park run much because I've always got the girls on the Saturday morning. So I'm just going to go with my local one, Ellen, just because it's the one that I would go to if I have the time kind of thing, if I get a chance. Yeah. Until you force them to start running park run like me. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, my eldest has, she's run park run with me twice yeah. doing the 5K. And um, she does, she was saying the other day, because when we trialed Ellen Junior Park Run yesterday, she was saying, she was like, Mum, when can I go to the big one again? And I was like, right, well, get soon whenever it's a fine day we'll, we'll make a point of going it's so cool when the habit starts to form and you can see them watching you they're always watching. Yeah. um finish this sentence i press play and run because because it helps make me me it makes me a better mother a better person and a better wife it's never made me a better wife but the rest I agree. <laughs> <laughs> best single piece of running advice you could give or have been given times just go out and have fun i saw that you're in a few of your recent posts you've run managed to run with people that you've convinced to come out who were saying i don't want to because i'll hold you up yeah i want people to stop that i do I, this happens with me a lot as well when you're trying to link up with people and they're like oh no i'll hold you back and i'm saying pace like don't assume that everybody's always out running four minutes okay yeah 80 percent of your running is at easy pace it's just a plod it's a blather stop doing yes. that people get out 100 percent. yeah connect um, yeah i managed to um finally had managed to persuade her so she is running london 
on Sunday as well. Um, so I work with Ria at the hospital in Peterhead. And when she started running a couple of years ago, I was like, right, come on, I'll take you out. And she's like, no, no, like, no, you're too fast for me. I was like, I don't care. Like, I don't care. I was like, we'll get you out. And um, after I got my space for London, I think she was just finally getting, coming around to the point. And I was like, right, we're going to go out for a run. So she was like, right, okay, I'll come yeah. with you. And it was, it was really enjoyable. And I do enjoy other people seeing other people getting out and loving it as well and having that chat about it i mean i can chat about running forever yeah. kind of thing you're still getting the miles banked you know it's know. not like yeah. everything doesn't need to be at breakneck speed all the time and the thing is like people had kind of told her things had given her kind of advice that had never run a marathon before and she was saying and i was like no it's like no no don't do that like mm-hmm. no no <laughs> like yeah. being able to share just a wee bit of advice with her um yeah, it was it was a good run. No, I was good. I was glad to see that on your profile. But mm-hmm. just people need to stop letting pace be a barrier to connecting oh, yeah. in their running. No, like nobody is out there blazing every run, and if they are, no. they're actually they're doing themselves more harm than good. So, oh, hundred percent. Yeah, get out and connect people. Right, that yeah. said, soapbox away. <laughs> so you know that in every episode, I ask the guest to pick a track for what's fast becoming the worst playlist on spotify because it's absolutely kaylee ruined it with that last song it's horrific um so i'm not even going to try and be impartial about it so i'm going to ask you for the one song that would not come out your exercise or running uh rotation um so this is what i live for by graffiti ghosts i think it actually trended for a while in um the real section on Instagram and see whenever I heard it I was like oh this is this is a tune that you could definitely put on whenever you are starting to struggle in a run yeah. and it just reasons with you that yeah you do love what you're doing just keep going kind of thing nice nice at least it sounds vaguely running related unlike some <laughs> of the monstrosities that we have on there at the moment um my, my two boys are asking to pick a song for the playlist because the pb as well so I'm, oh yeah I might, I might let them have a fight and see who wins they can pick one <laughs> see what we do right leanne you have been as i knew you would be an absolute star your the nerves have disappeared as you've been chatting which has been nice to see but please keep doing what you're doing please keep getting your voice out there please keep inspiring because i love following your your content i'm so delighted you agreed to come on so thank you so much for your time yeah thank you so much for uh, wearing me down ryan it wasn't actually as bad as i thought it was going to be i have to admit there you go. There's the, that's like my badge of honour. That's just like being <laughs> friends with me. It's never as bad as you imagine. It's never great, <laughs> but it's never as bad as you imagine it's going to be. Um, no, I, you were worth wearing down because you could. I could see what was in there. Like it's yeah. it's, it's all there. Get yourself out there. Stop being. A, stop having that imposter syndrome. Yeah, I know it happens to us all, though, doesn't it? It's yeah, but it can't. It, it happens more. I'm going to say it happens more to females than males, especially yeah. on Insta. Um, very quick to tell girls are too quick to tell themselves what they can't do and the guys are like yeah, yeah I'll do it <laughs> I can do it <laughs> fake it do you make it not everybody has a broad sweeping statement but I see it a lot more I saw it a lot yeah. more in school I see it a lot more on the running community you're rocking it so own it yeah. wear it but I'll be following in London hopefully we Thank can you. touch base I'm planning a wee marathon recap episode a wee bonus one with a lot of people that have been on so maybe okay. we can even get a wee five ten minutes uh catch yeah. up after london hear about your first real marathon experience my first real marathon i know what a first marathon to have um i'll be wishing you the best of luck i'll be watching get that flat laid done and yeah. run your heart out
I will. Right. I will. Don't worry. I'm going to enjoy every minute of it. As you should. As you should. <laughs> All the very best, Leanne. And again, thanks for your time. And I hope Thank that, you so much. I, I hope this week is passes without Maranoia. Let's hope so. <laughs> Thank you to you, the listeners, for joining us for another episode of the Press Play and Run podcast. You can really help to support the podcast by subscribing or following on your podcast platform of choice and by leaving a review. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Press Play and Run Podcast and to add the Press Play and Run playlist on Spotify. We'll be back every two weeks with new episodes and please be sure to keep an eye on our Instagram page to find out which guests will be joining us. Until then, keep getting the trainers on. Press play and run.